All right, we're um, shifting gears a little bit. We finished Genesis, right, for now. We'll get back into that in a little bit, but we like to come to the New Testament, and we're in the Gospel of John. And we're in a section of John that's um, very touching. Tonight we'll be on the Father's house. So we like to spend a little time to dive into this. We covered this in the college conference this uh, spring. How many made it to the college conference? Raise your hand up. Mm, good. A little over half. So we'll touch on some of the same points that we touched on. And if you feel like you understand all this and you got it all, then you're far advanced. You're, you're further along than I am. Uh, it's a very mysterious section of the Bible. Uh, these were some times at the end of the Lord's ministry when he was actually uh, having the Last Supper with his 12 disciples. And he'd uh, come and lived for 33 and a half years, the last three and a half years of which he was ministering publicly and doing many things, traveling, teaching, healing, casting out demons, um, raising the dead. Uh, he was uh, God. Can we all say that? Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is God. So he was God manifested among the human race. And he joined the human race by being born through Virgin Mary. He didn't come as a phantom and just uh, disappear. He came and lived just like you and me. And he lived a human life just like you and me. Only he was special because in him was the divine life. He's a unique being. We have to recognize this person among all the human race for all time is a unique person. We need to recognize who this person is. He's a very important person, the most important person. He was among us, though, in a very normal way. And many didn't even see who he was or understand who he was or what he was doing. In fact, his very creature... Creatures were the ones that crucified him. So that's how misunderstood this person is. And still today, a lot of misunderstanding. So he's here in the last of his ministry, gathered um, among his 12, and he's about to leave, and he's talking to them about his departure. And they're sad. They're troubled. They've been with him for three and a half years, and they've grown to love him and uh, be with him, and actually they're expecting at this point for his earthly kingdom to uh, start, that he would be in Jerusalem, and now, uh, Abishek, this would be the time when it's time to take office. And here's the cabinet right here, the 12, you'll, you'll be the officer or the secretary of this, you know, the, 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 the disciples were ready to take, take charge here, and uh, God's kingdom's coming to earth. But that's not quite uh, the way the story went. Um, that would happen, but first he needed to take care of man's inner condition before he can have an outward manifestation of his kingdom. There's something very serious uh, with man, and he wanted to take care of man, uh, his inner parts. So in this uh, final few hours, he's conversing very intimately with the twelve and... 
He's revealing to them at the end of chapter 13 that he's going to go away. And this brings them much sadness, and they're troubled. And Peter even says, why can't I go with you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And the Lord said, no, uh, a rooster will crow before you'll, uh, you'll deny me. Uh, and so not only would you not lay down your life, but you'll even deny that you even know me. How about that? Uh, we're the same. Uh, so, very intimate contact here, and that brings us to this chapter. It's actually three chapters, 14, 15, 16, that are actually one long dialogue. If you look in the Red Letter Bible, all these are red letters, uh, just like Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Lord's speaking a lot here, so we need to listen, and it's not so easy to pick up. So, even though you've been in this this week... And you went to college conference, I think the Lord can still speak something to us and show us something further. It's very deep, and it's not easy to grasp. And even if you grasp it, it's easy to lose sight of this very easily. So let's go ahead and look at the outline. We're just going to hit a few highlights, uh, keep it uh, short, and time for you to get into the ministry in the back and group. So how about we read the title? Very simple. Three words. Ready? The Father's House. And that's um, what we're going to be talking about. Number one is, uh, let's read number one. Okay, so we want to be real clear about what uh, the Father's house refers to dwelling. You think of house, that's where someone dwells, he resides, so... We want to go back to the Old Testament and see what Isaiah has to say about the God's dwelling place. So how about we read Isaiah 66, 1 through 2 together. Ready? Go. Let's look at these verses real quick. It says, Thus says Jehovah, heaven, and we'll just represent heaven as a little higher level here, is my throne. So, come on, Ab. Heaven, heaven up above is my throne. There you go, sit down. So you have heaven as his throne. So he's enthroned, God is enthroned in heaven. And we'll just use this box here, a footstool. Come on, the earth is a little bit lower. We'll just put your feet right up on there. The earth, the earth, the footstool for my feet. So he's got heaven for his throne. He's got the earth for resting his feet. You look quite comfortable, but not quite satisfied. Doesn't look like you're too restful. It says, where then is the house? You can underline that. We're talking about the Father's house. Where then, question, is the house that you will build for me, and where is the place of my rest? I've got heaven as my throne, the earth as my footstool, but where is my house, my place of rest? Obviously, it's not the heavens or the physical earth, because he wouldn't be asking for the house if he was all right home, would he? 
And it says, for all these things, my hand is made. All the handiworks of the heavens, all the earth, and all these things have come into being, declares Jehovah. But to this kind of, underline this. So I'm going to ask you, according to Isaiah's concept, what is God looking for for his dwelling place, for his habitation? To this kind of man. To this kind of man will I look. To him who is of a poor, who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. So, uh, you can underline this. To this man will I look. He's looking for his habitation for a certain kind of man who is poor. It means uh, emptied out in spirit and of a contrite. What does contrite mean? Contrite. Repentant, uh, uh, you have a, you, there's remorse, there's a return, a contrite spirit, a poor and emptied out spirit. To this man will I look. So you can look to your right and you can look to your left. And this, these are the men that he's looking for. All of you are here because you're the ones that God is looking for to dwell inside. He's got the heaven, he's got the earth, but he needs you for his habitation. Actually, his eternal habitation. So that's what we want to get into tonight, is God's house and abode. So moving on to John 2. Thank you. You can just leave that there. Um, Okay, Father's house has been already talked about in the Gospel of John, so we don't have to wait till chapter 14 for an idea of what John's talking about. He's already mentioned it in John chapter 2, verse 16. Let's read that one. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, Take these things away from here, and do not make my Father's house a house of merchandise. So where was he positioned when he says, Take these things out of here? Out of where? The temple. He came to the temple and it was a mess. So he said, get those things out of here. Don't make my father's house. Okay, so we'll just represent the temple here. I know it's a poor job, but this is the temple. Miniature. Do not make my father's house. So where was the father dwelling at that point in time? In the temple, my father's house. If you wanted to find God, Caitlin, where did you have to go? The temple. temple. Okay, but then he goes on. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Okay, then what does he say? 20 and 21, let's read them. Then the Jews said, this temple was built in 46 Okay, come on, Ab. Come on, come on, up, up. Oh, no, that's just... Okay, but he spoke, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And he spoke of the what? The temple of... This temple? Mm -mm. What was he talking about? His body, very clear. So you just stay right there. So now there's been a change from God's... The Father's house from a physical structure to a human body, the body of Jesus Christ. 
This is God's, the Father's temple at that point in time, right? Mm -hmm. Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise up. It's very clear. Anybody confused on this point? Very easy. Okay, and then, okay, so he spoke of the temple of his body. And if you go to the next verse, let's all read that. But if I delay, I write that you may know one ought to conduct himself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and base of the truth. Okay, so now we're going to make some progress. Come on, uh, John and Alan. Will. You want Will too? Okay, come on, Will. You got calling on. Okay, so we're going from this physical place to this and then what does Paul tell us in Timothy if I delay I want you to know how to conduct yourself in the house of God the house of God which is the body of Jesus the physical body of Jesus Christ no which is what the church the church the house of the living God so now there's a further progression and because this person has gotten inside of these people they're his enlargement, and now where is the house of God? The church. God's dwelling place, the Father's dwelling place, Alan, is among the believers, in the believers. So when you get these together, you, you gather the called out ones, you have God's house. That's where the Father dwells. Not in heaven, not on the physical things on earth, but in Man, to this man will I look. See this contrite spirit? These right here, they have turned to the Lord, and the Lord has come into them, and now he dwells in them. That's the Father's house. You got it? You see the progression? One, two, and now we're right here. It's clear. Everybody clear? Okay, thank you. Okay, now let's get to 14. So we've already established John's concept, the biblical concept of house. Father's house. So now... Let's read Roman number two together. The dispensing of the triune God for the producing of his abode. And I want you to underline, uh, underline his abode. The dispensing of the triune God for the producing of his abode. Abode is a residence, a place you stay. Your abode, what's the address of your abode, Sabrina? Okay, I heard it, but you didn't. So it's some street here. Uh, that's where her house is. So not on the street, but her house is right there, right? You live in an apartment, Sabrina? Oh, you do. That's your abode. Okay, now the father is um, producing his dwelling place. And you have A, Jesus going through death and Christ coming in resurrection to bring the believers into the father. Now, uh, just underline this to bring the believers into the father. So, preceding this, in the foregoing 13 chapters, it was God that came into man. So, that's the concept, and John, I think we've covered this. Three main things have to happen here if God's going to get his abode. One, he has to get into the human race among men. So, he was incarnated, and he joined the human race. He came to us. And he got inside of us. And that's covered adequately in chapter 1. And then many examples of what he did in chapters 2 through 13. So now he's going to bring these believers into him. 
You got it? The other, the other side. He came into them. He came into humanity. He was incarnated as a man. And now he's going to bring that humanity into the Father. Okay, so this is what he's going to do through his death and resurrection. And let's read 14. How about all this side? Read to us John 14, 1 through 6. This is about his going and coming to bring the believers into the Father. Go. So this is his uh, going, and no one comes to the Father. You can uh, underline coming to the Father. He is the way, the reality, and the life, the very famous verse. So this talks about his going and preparing a place for us. So let's keep reading a little bit further to see if we can detect where he's going and this place that he's going to prepare for us. Remember, they're very sad that he's leaving them. So he's trying to comfort them. He started with, don't let your heart be troubled. And now we go down to section B, the triune God dispensing himself into the believers. And the first point there is the Father embodied in the Son, seen among the believers. Let's have this side of the room. Read those verses 7 through 14. Ready? Go. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long a time with you, and you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How is it that you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak for myself. But the Father who abides in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if not, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes into me, the works which I do, he shall do also. And greater than these he shall do, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, and 12 said that he's going to where? I'm going to the Father. Father. Okay, quite clear statement there. Okay, now, so you have the Father embodied in the Son, seen among. I want you to circle the word among, and we pick that up because verse 9 says, Have I been so long a time with you? Have I been so long a time? Here's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. Have I been so long a time with you and you've not known me? Okay, now we're going to make progress here into number 2. The Son realized as a spirit 
to abide in the believers. Let's all read John 14, 15 through 20. Pay close attention. Go. So uh, he's telling them that he's going to give them another comforter. In 16, the spirit of reality identifies it. The world can't receive him because it doesn't behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you. He abides with you and shall be in you. He abides with you. So who is he talking about? He abides with you. The spirit abides with you and shall be in you. Here I am with the 12 spirit abides with you I'm here abiding with you the spirit abides with you and shall be in you I will not leave you as orphans I am coming to you so you have to identify who the he is there at the end of verse 17 because he abides with you and shall be in you and I am coming to you The world will behold me no longer, uh, but you behold me. I live because I live, you shall live also. And that day you'll know, and that day you'll know I'm in the Father, and the Father, and and you and me, and I and you. So uh, at this point, he's talking about his going away and his coming. And we illustrated it this way in the college conference. He's been among them, but now it's a big step. This is number. Uh, this is uh, a big step where he wants to be in them. So I've been among you. I'm going away, and I'm coming to you. I've been among you. Yes. <laughs> Who was not at the college conference? Were you? No, I was. I was. Were you? <laughs> Were you? Uh, who are you? Will oh, good. It. Who? Will was it? Will was it? Will was it? For you. Okay. I'm among you, and I want to get in you. Okay? I've been, this will represent Jesus Christ. I've been among you, but I want to get in you. Right. You don't know how bad I want to get in you. I've been among you, but this is over. I am going to get inside of you. Right. I'm coming in. All right. You've been watching me. You've been observing me, but you have no. You don't have my life. I want to give you my eternal life. Right. It's been good being with you, but that's not the end of the process. Right. Richie, I'm coming in, bro. Open up. Uh, no. no. I think it needs a, a little more processing. Oh, come on, Richie. Uh, no. Try. Just try. No, I don't think so. Give the old not college so try. Not so much. Okay, no. <laughs> Okay, how is he going to get in? 
I've been among you. I've got to go away. And I'm coming to you. So, Richie, you hang on right there. You want me, don't you? True. You do want me? I do. Okay. Well, take me then, Richie. No, it needs a little more processing. <laughs> Richie, take me. Do you want me? Do you want me? Say yes. Say yes. Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay, so I'm going away. I'm going away. And I'm coming to you. My going is actually my coming. Right? I'm going away. I'm going away. You won't see me. You won't behold me. A little more process. A little more processing, right? This is called death and resurrection. So I'm coming now. How about this? Now, as a spirit, a little better. We get it even smaller. You want, you want to be a watermelon juice? Yeah. You want to be a juice man? Sure. You want the juice? Yeah. Okay. How about this now? Water. Come on. <laughs> I want to be in you. Rich. Rich. Mm, Richie. 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 It's rich. <laughs> Come on, Carl. You have a little bit of me too. There you go. So he had to go through a process. In his flesh, he could not get into us, but through death and resurrection, his going, I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm coming in, and I will be in you, the Spirit will be in you. So this is the third thing that had to happen. The first thing was he had to come into man, and then when he went away, actually he went to the Father, let us represent it this way, here is the realm of the Father. Up here, the Father. And um, here, come on, you be the Father now. Okay, here's the Father up here. Of course, you can't see the Father. No one can see. Yeah, you could just be there. <laughs> and so when he, when he went, he actually took us. He took humanity. Come on, I'll take a couple of you. Peter says we were re- resurrected, we were regenerated through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when he resurrected, he brought us to the place in the Father. In the Father. Come on, you're in the Father. I brought you into the Father. Okay? Oh, come on, you can come out here now so they can see. Brought them into the Father. And this standing, this place in the Father, when it's enlarged, you see the Father's enlargement is his house. The church is the enlargement of the Father. So having standing in the Father gives us standing in the church. Did you catch that? The place for us is in the Father, and the enlarged Father is the church. So we have a place in the Father church, or the large Father. How about that? So we have a place right now. You're in the place. You're among the believers. This is the place that he prepared for you. You're in the place. You're in the Father. And to verify this, someone read in your Bible, 1 Thessalonians 1.1. Someone have a Bible? And I've got to finish this up here real quick. Whoever gets to 1 Thessalonians 1.1, read it. Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus. Okay, these three brothers, Paul, Silvanius, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians. Where is the church in? God, the Father, the Father, the Lord Jesus 
Okay, here's the concept. He's writing to the church, which is in... If I could just get you inside there. No. Okay. Maybe in the... Just a, just a sleeve. Let me just... Just stick your hand in the sleeve. He's in the God of the Father. The church of God, which is in... The church of Thessalonians, which is in God the Father. Here. The church is in God the Father. So our, our place, our place is in the Father. The large Father is a church. So if you look around right now to the believers here at the church, this is the place he prepared for you. Okay, good. So these three things have to happen. One, God gets into man. Then he brings man, humanity, into the Father. And in the same process as death and resurrection, he transfigures himself into the Spirit so he can make this reality in our lifetime. When you receive the Lord Jesus, the Spirit came into you, enlivened you, and was the application of what he did when he resurrected and brought man into God. How about that? Isn't that wonderful? A little mysterious, isn't it? Pretty mysterious. So you have the trying God making an abode. See, uh, we just finished with verse 23, just to confirm that this abode is man. Let's all read 23 together. We will come to him and make an abode with him. We will come to him and make an abode. So you could go back up to verse 2 and read it this way. In the church or in the body of Christ are many members. That's what he's saying. I'm preparing a place for you in the Father. And large Father is a church. So in the church, in the body of Christ, there are many members. Look at all the members right here. There's plenty. There's millions of members. This is what he prepared. This is what he was doing, and we become the abode. So you have a mutual, I want to finish with this phrase, a mutual abode. And what do we mean by mutual abode? Who can answer mutual abode? What, is, what do we mean by that word, mutual abode? Reside in each other. What? You reside in each other. You reside in each other. So what is, uh, what is uh, each other? Father and us. Okay, the Father and us, and of course the sons and the Father. And we're in him. So it's mutual abiding. You, it, you can't really illustrate it physically. It's a mutual abiding. We're at home. We're at rest. Home, home in the church. And he's at rest. This is his home. This is where he abides. So it's a mutual abiding. This is what we're made for. God to dwell in us as his home, eternal habitation, and for us to, to dwell in God. Right? So you have a mutual abiding. This is what he's conveying to his disciples at the very end. Zach, are you lost, brother? You got this? It's kind of deep, isn't it? You're looking at me like, what are you talking about? This is the revelation of John chapter 14, the mutual dwelling. So on the back of your sheet, there's some more ministry I want you to group up and spend a few minutes.